All right, welcome into episode 71 of the Hot Crits Podcast. I'm Travis Shadon, and with me, as always, is Spencer Maddox. Today, on 71, we've got some Braves talk. The Hawks evened up the series with the 76ers. Plus, our man Jeff Tubin is back from the dead. All that and more on episode 71 of the Hot Grits Podcast. My name is Van Johnson. I'm 67, made up the city of Savannah. I'm pro go Let's go. That's all we need. Ain't nobody gonna rip like me, spit like me, flip like me, drop them hot grits like me, it's like me, just like me. Ain't nobody gonna rip like me, spit like me, flip like me, drop them hot grits like me, it's like me, just like me. Okay, episode 71. Spencer, we'll start with college football. College football, 12 team playoff. Uh, proposal from the college football playoff yes. committee. That seems to be the biggest news of the week as we record Tuesday, June 15th uh, here in the luscious independent lasagna studios. You really enunciated my name whenever you said it, dude. Spencer. I'm just not used to Spencer. Yeah, I'm not used to hearing you say it like that. That was fun. I'm like a snake. Kind yeah. Of. Okay. <laughs> the four highest ranked conference champions will be seated one through four in this new playoff format. Supposedly beginning in 2023. Yes, all, sir. all of this is to be voted on June 16th and 17th in Chicago. The four highest ranked conference champions receive a bye. Then you would have teams 5 through 12 playing against each other. So 5 would host 12. Right. 6 would host 11. And to, and so and on to and be so clear, forth. that would allow, let's say, Georgia Southern went 12-0, and 0, whatever it is, 10-0. If they were the conference champion, if they were ranked 4, they would get it over an Alabama that's ranked five. That's not a conference champion. You know what I mean? They Correct. Would get it but, yeah. Which would never happen. Yeah, no it matter, would never happen. But if you run the entire gauntlet of the Sun Belt undefeated, right. you still wouldn't be ranked number four. Yeah. But you would be ranked inside that top 12, and you would be in. You would have a, a shot yeah, yeah, yeah. at a national which title. Which they currently do not have a shot at the playoff. They like, don't. No, nobody like that has a shot at the playoff, which I think is a good thing, right? Like, you want to get a team. What if a team has like a Trevor Lawrence on that on that team in the current pro, like in the current uh state if a team has a hidden gem like a Trevor Lawrence on their team and they're in a conference where you don't play anybody like a Steph Curry and basketball yeah and exactly like and they run the table they yeah. they don't have a shot and they could beat like a Ohio State one time or a Michigan one time you know what i mean and like make yeah. a run but they don't have a shot at it so i think it's a good thing what what's your take here? i mean i think it is a good thing i think a it was inevitable right so anyone that's surprised or upset about the expansion of the college football playoff, you had your head in the sand. Yeah. The I think playoffs I, were always going to expand. The NFL was always going to add more games. It was never going to stay the same. This, yeah. I, I got news for you. This 12-team playoff is not going to stay that way. Okay, I don't know how long it'll be that way, but it will expand at some point. It will expand. That's yeah. the way it will be forever. You think so, they're just going to add more and more games? Yeah, forever. I, I mean, not no, until we not, got a one one sixty two. <laughs> not eternally. Yeah, but I'm just saying, like this is the way it's going. As long as there's money on the table to be had, and there is money on the, this is not a move by the college football playoff committee that says, "Hey, Coastal Carolina, we're looking out for you." No, we saw what ha- th- this is a money move. That's it. It's not that they're looking out for the little guys. And I'm not sure. And I reached out this week to Georgia Southern, but. Uh, did not get really much of a comment back. I, you know, I'm not sure that the group of five teams are all that ecstatic about this. They won't say that out loud, but I, this takes away some of those games, I would think, 
those big money games down the line. I don't know that you necessarily want your national champion to end up playing 17, 18 football yeah. games. Well, see, here's the thing about, about the expansion. It Whenever it came out, people were happy that there was a tournament. You know what I mean? Like, they were uh, finally, we have a playoff. But the 14 playoff made exactly no one happy. You know what I mean? The people, yes. who, the yeah. people who didn't want the playoff were upset that there was a playoff. Those people are still going to be upset whenever you move to 12. And the people that did want a playoff were like, it's only four, it's only four teams? Didn't even really make a playoff. It's just, you know, the best teams playing each other right before the You know what I mean? Like, right. it's the top four teams. So, so, who are these members that are making these decisions, you, you ask? Uh, good question. Four members of the working group. Big 12 Conference Commissioner Bob Bowlesby. Makes sense. Okay. SEC Commissioner Greg Sankey. Makes sense. Just means more down here. Mountain West Conference Commissioner Craig Thompson. That's a shot at the Pac-12. Peace, Pac-12. Our West Coast representative will be the Mountain West Conference Damn. Commissioner. And the fourth, Notre Dame Athletics Director Jack Swarbrick. So we have three conference commissioners in Notre Dame. I've never understood how Notre Dame has such an outsized influence on college football. Is it because they just drive revenue so much? Yeah, that's yeah. it. I mean, think about it. What about they, Texas? They, they then? have a gigantic NBC contract. What about Texas? Then? Notre in Dame's the, in the bigger. Pac-12. Bigger. Notre Dame's bigger. I don't. I mean, Notre Dame's a bigger. It's a bigger driver. Isn't Texas number two then? Probably. They have their own network as well. Yeah. That's what I mean. They were the first ones to have their own network, correct? Right, but they're not going to have the Texas AD on there over the Big 12. Commission. No, I know, but, I mean, you don't have the Pac-12 in there, period. And there seems like USC in there. Well, you had the Pac-12 in the CFP Management Committee. That's okay. different than the four members of the working group, which is the working group that is trying to figure out logistically how this will work. Right. The 12-team playoff committee. But the college football playoff committee... And so you were telling me that this basically means Notre Dame is, if they have a decent team, they're going to be in the 12 teams almost every time, right? That's how, that's how it shakes out? Yeah. Yeah. So Notre, Notre Dame will basically not be able to be a 1-4 through four seed because you have to be a conference champion. Right. Right? But, the, I mean, this, this almost guarantees that Notre Dame will be a 5-12 through 12 seed. I'm not sure I understand how that it's, shakes it's, out. It, it's not that it's a guarantee. It's that it, if you use past years— yeah. To determine what it would have looked like. Now, I'm not going to use 2020 as a determinant. So I, hate, I don't like when people are like, oh, Indiana would have been in this past year. Yeah. It, it, it was 2020. It was a crazy season. It didn't even start till October. Like, don't use 2020. Use 2018, 2019, 2017. Those years. All of those years, if you look at those years, Notre Dame's in every year. Yeah. They're in every single year. They're in the top 12. And so if Notre Dame's right there at 15, 16, the committee is not leaving them out. They're going to get bumped. So that's, that's the way I look at it. I, I hear that. Think, so, so do you think this is a positive thing overall for yes, college football? Yes. Okay, I yes. agree. I agree wholeheartedly. Yep. Um, other college football news before we move on. Demetrius Robertson, former Savannah Country Day slash Savannah Christian star that played at Cal, broke freshman uh, Pac-12 records by Deshaun Jackson then transferred to Georgia um, and has not really had a great run of it so far at Georgia. He has entered the transfer portal. Um, that happened, I believe, on Thursday or Friday of last week. Kind of, a, kind of an expected move, I think. Uh, he had some trouble earlier this year with the law, with that crazy, crazy uh, crime of taking a boot off of his car, <laughs> which was just wild. Um, 
Yeah, so so good luck to D Rob. I hope he finds a landing spot. Georgia Southern, maybe. Yep. Does Georgia, D, does Georgia gets Georgia gets thinner at wide receiver, which I mean, I guess he probably wasn't going to play into their plans too too heavily. I, I right? think his time are just coming, yeah, gone, man. It is a strange time to be entering the portal, like you. Well, but but that that's classic Demetrius Robertson. He he's not on anyone else's timeline. If you look right. back throughout this guy's career, he is on his own timeline. But I, I will say this: he went out and entered the transfer portal, and he made zero noise. Kind of handled it like a man. I, you know, I didn't hear any uh, peep out of him. He yeah. didn't really make any problems. There's something to be said it's, about that. It's crazy how easy it is for these guys to transfer nowadays. Well, right I now, mean, especially because of yeah. the COVID, you can, you're can you automatically eligible yeah. no matter where you transfer. I mean, that's not going away, though. I wouldn't think, right? They're not going to make it. It won't be like this forever. but it'll... There's no way they can make it harder for them to transfer. No, but th- like this lenience, you'll still have to sit out a year after, really? after this. Yeah. Unless there's certain stipulations like the yeah. graduate rule. Or J.D. King's 100-mile rule. Remember when I was reporting on that? Yeah. J.D. King transferred from Oklahoma State to Georgia Southern, and you have to be within 100 miles of your home if you're transferring because you have to be a caretaker. Yeah, 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 yeah. His house was 109 miles. So he got... Away from the Georgia Southern camp. So it was a big, huge deal. So, so he got screwed. Well, but they made him eligible. Okay. I think partially due to my reporting. <laughs> Maybe. Who knows? Uh, the guy at Alabama, dude. Weird. Dude, what a Kool-Aid. legend! What a legend! Legend name. I saw this and I was like, this goes immediately on the dock. You wouldn't know that because you don't read the dock. I read the dock, but I added to the dock, dude. Jaquincy McKinstry will now go by Kool Aid McKinstry. So, fire name. That's, that's all. We that's need all to say I gotta say. That. Yeah, that's, that's a fire name. Say about that. That's a fire name. All right, let's move on from college football. But first, Coach's Corner, our title sponsor. Coach's Corner in Savannah, 3016 East Victory Drive over there in Thunderbolt. Go tell John Henderson and those guys that the Hot Grits podcast sent you, and they'll take care of you. 1.7 billion TVs in that place. They got cold beers. That's true. Hot wings. Uh, live music every weekend. They got rubbing and grubbing on Wednesday nights with Brandon Bain, the Atlanta NASCAR man. Uh, Brandon Bain's our guy, so check him out. Rubbing and grubbing on YouTube. Click that subscribe button and watch them Wednesday nights. Over at Coach's Corner, watch them on the Coach's Corner Facebook page. Also, the coach and the AD, Chad Griffin and Carl DeMassi, uh, those guys are on Wednesday nights, Saturday mornings, same two spots. You can find them on YouTube and the Coach's Corner Facebook page. So go to Coach's Corner today, watch the games, watch the NBA playoffs, college baseball coming up, the College World Series is going on as we speak. Tell them the Hot Grits podcast sent you. And you'll get a special discount. 912-352-2933 over at 3016 East Victory Drive. Coach's Corner in Savannah. We were up at Coach's Corner for Game 3, dude. Game 3 of the Hawks 76ers, which we will talk about now. Game 1, Hawks win by 4. Uh, go up 1-0. Game 2, 76ers win and cover. And it's the under, so Travis lost big on that one. See my Twitter from that night for my reactions to that. Uh, game three, and I thought was was the end of it for the Hawks. 76ers won. A lot of people did. 127 which... to 111, and the Hawks looked like they had very little fight yeah. left in them. Last night, Monday, Hawks come back to win 103 to 100, and they even this thing up. The farm was absolutely rocking. Yes, it was. And it was – I don't want to overstate this because it was a mammoth comeback, and it was a crazy win. The Hawks didn't shoot the ball well. In fact, they 
you don't often see a team come back from that much when they shot worse than the other team. You know what I mean? Total for the game. Uh, the Hawks franchise has not come back from an 18-point deficit of any kind in the playoffs in almost 30 years. Yeah. So the national media was reacting with shock and awe. Uh, even like Georgia reporters, like our guy Kirshner was reporting. They, he said, wow, 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 wow. wow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, over and over and over again. It wasn't – was it that shocking to you that they came back? From the numbers here, Spencer, both teams made 37 shots. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the Hawks just had a lot more the shots. The Hawks were 12 for 40 from three land. Yeah. Not great. Not great. Here's what, here's what the key is. 101 shot attempts for the Hawks, 85 for the Sixers. So here's your basketball take of the day. <laughs> 101 shots, dude, in yes. a playoff game. That is sick. That's awesome. That's crazy. And I, I believe they only had seven turnovers. Four. Four turnovers. Four turnovers. Which the is, lowest in a playoff game in Hawks history. Which is wild because the game before, game three, that to me was the whole thing. The Sixers had like 27 assists. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, that was the whole thing to me. The, the Sixers are a team that generates a lot of turnovers in general. They, they have really long athletic perimeter defenders. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And they were able to bother Trey Young game two and game three. He didn't shoot the ball great game four, but it felt like he got to his spots. You know what I mean? 18 assists, that's indicative of something. Like, he's doing something right. He's the youngest ever player to have 25-plus points and 18-plus assists. Yeah. Ever. All right. So now, we go back to game two. Yes, it's it seems like a lifetime ago. But in game two, they were down by 19-20 at one point. Brought it back and briefly had the lead in the third third quarter until before they shit it away. You know what I mean? Well, they so ended it the third quarter down by two, right? Yeah, it wasn't that shocking to me that the Hawks brought it back. Is it was it a back against their wall game? Absolutely. But I didn't like the line of 76ers favored by three and a half points. I thought that was kind of a slap in the face of the Hawks. Uh, I, I get it because they just rolled over them in game three. I think it was Tony Snell starting. I mean, not Tony Snell. Um, Solomon Hill. Saul Hill goes from starting to a DNP. Yeah. And Herder goes from. What, 22 to 28? Yeah. yeah. 30 minutes? Uh, let's see, what, what did Herter... Herter played 35 minutes, dude. Yeah. Like, Capella and Herter, 35 minutes. Bogey Bogdanovich, 42. Young, 40 minutes. I mean, that's what you have to do in the playoffs. Well, they Those just, guys got to yeah. play. What about John Collins? John Collins, dude. John Collins was everywhere. He was all over the place. What and a beast. Hawks fans still don't want to pay this guy. I don't know if I best. want to either because, like, I let's do. see him do it again. I do. Can he do it again? He's been all game one. He was your hero, dude. I don't know. Like, Other than Trey Young, last in in game four, John Collins was. I haven't seen that kind of a John Collins in a very long time. Yeah, dude, he, he was, disappears. He was in the paint. Oh no, no, no! Creating I'm creating stuff and then popping three. to the corner. I mean, yeah. he was like, I never seen him. Well, put- he always. This has always been my argument for John Collins. He goes out there and he plays super hard, no matter what. It doesn't matter if he's playing well, poorly. No matter what, he's going to give you, like, the most effort on the floor. That's just how he plays the game. And he kind of has to with his skill set. Yeah. Because he can't dribble. Every time – dude, every time he puts the ball on the floor, I kind of, like, hold my breath a little bit. Because it's going to, like, just – That's how I am out, with Gallinari. You know I, mean? I wish when they I, – I wish when Gallinari got the ball, the other four Hawks would just go ahead and set up. Yeah. On defense. <laughs> yeah. Like, he's not passing it to you. No. He's not going to pass it. That's to what you. you signed that guy for, though. You know you what I mean. Keep like, saying that. That's what you signed that guy for. He's, I didn't sign him for that. Danilo, Danilo Garanari. This is the same thing with Lou Will. I mean, that's what you signed that guy for is to come off the bench and get up ten shots. So he's got to get those ten shots up. The Hawks are headed back to Philly to try to do what the Braves never could do: win a game in Philadelphia. 
game five Wednesday night. Game six Friday back at the farm. Fridays at the farm are Liddy. You guys yeah. know that. And a potential game seven for Sunday. Uh, I don't know the time yet. Sun- yeah. It's it's to be determined. Sun- Bef- Sunday in Philly, though. Before we get off of this series, which uh, we just don't know what's going to happen at this point. I mean, it's been a crazy series so far, though, right? Like, a lot of twists and turns. Proud of the Hawks. Yeah, I am, too. I'm proud of the Hawks. They could lose the next two games. I'm good with it. I don't know about that. I'm good with it. It depends on how they would lose. I don't know, dude. They've come out. They've fought their ass off. They've lost their second or third best player. Still in the series. They won a playoff series. This is a resounding win of a season, no matter what. In my mind. Eh. Not for you? You're crazy. All right. But it, regardless of that, what did you think of Joel Embiid, that second half performance? He's so hateable, bro, and just yeah, loping around and moping around. And I don't know. Sometimes he tries to do the Kawhi thing where you're just a brick wall. You just have no emotion. I mean, Kawhi really is a robot. Like, he doesn't smile or frown or anything. He's just absolutely like he's not stoic yeah Yeah, yeah. it's just a stonewall so So funny and b tries to do that and it comes off as pouting i also don't like this when you're coming into the game if you have your warm-up on fine that's Mm -hmm. fine if you have a towel fine whatever you can't you can't wait till you're subbed in to then start taking off the wrap around the knee then the ice bag comes off then the heating pack on the back comes off then the towel comes off then the warm-up comes off. Now you're ready to play ball. Get some of it off before you get to the scorer's table. The it's not all about you, That's the Joel. type of thing I would never notice. It's not all about you, Joel. That's the type of thing I would never notice. I just meant his knee, dude. He didn't look good in that second half. Like, Hand, he looked like, hands on knees a lot. Hands on knees a lot. He looked shook. He shot over a billion. He didn't make a shot in the second half. I think Capella He's never wore down. Like Embiid, at times, has yeah. made Capella look... Like a little bitch boy. Pretty yeah, yeah. bad. But Capella, it's not like... Capella just keeps coming and coming. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. And I think Embiid's – it's almost like uh, like a boxer that like you, you keep getting hit by the other person's yeah. best hit and you don't really move. It kind of does something to the other it guy. It does. I, I agree. And But I don't want to really pretend like Embiid's not capable of 40 tomorrow night. Yeah, like, he is. That could, that could very well he happen. Is, he shot 0 for 12, though, dude. Something looks not right. <laughs> what a cupcake. Something <laughs> looks not right, and I think the Hawks – being heavily uh, heavy underdogs is not the right line. I said the same thing in game one. I was like, what are they for game five? Uh, I think it's, they're like plus one eighty or something like that. Oh, I meant the point spread. Oh, I don't know the I don't know the point spread. I'd have well, to we don't have up. to look it up. But I, I don't have to look it up. But but Wednesday, Friday, Sunday, they're heavy five, underdogs six, yet again. They've been heavy underdogs every game. What else from the NBA? And they're two and two. If you just bet the Hawks money line this entire playoffs, you'd be a gazillionaire. What what were you about to say? What else from the NBA? What else do we got from okay, the NBA? Okay, we got what's his name? Kyrie Irving, the most hated person on this podcast, other than Mark Fultonevich, out for game five. Any takes for the Nets? Harden out for game five as well. Harden out for game five as well. Harden like, on the block. The only thing that I would say about this is I wish it wasn't Cream City. I just wish it was someone a little tougher than Cream City. I don't. Anybody but the Nets, dude. Anybody but the I Nets. I want I want the Nets to lose. Duh. Anybody but the Nets. I just don't looking, think. Looking that they back, will. I hate KD for this so much, man. Looking back, it, somehow he's it like so good, man. Yeah, he's so good. Yeah, and he does not need that many good players to win a championship. He just doesn't. It's not. It's not good for the NBA. Let I, me ask you this: What if if the Nets win the title, and let's say that Kyrie and and Harden don't play again this series, yeah. the Nets advance with KD. If they don't play. 
two of the six games in the finals and the Nets win. Does KD get a little bit more credit because he won because he won without them? Yeah. Even though he didn't really like he didn't get there. Yeah. Like, no, absolutely he gets more credit. But this is like, KD so KD's camp might be thinking, man, I, I hope Harden or Kyrie, one of those guys, doesn't play. Yeah, and, and we win. Oh, God forbid though, they don't play and they lose. Then then it's oh boy. Then KD's legacy just takes a tank. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's ugly. I don't it's want ugly. Kyrie to win anything. People are going to take those rings away from him no matter what. The the two in Golden State. Like that those are people that hate those rings are always going to hate those rings. But if he wins one, he's got to have another one. Yeah, I agree. Do you think that Kyrie's ankle injury has anything to do with him stepping on Lucky the Celtics mascot after that series? Uh I hadn't put any thought into that, but yeah. I mean, that makes, makes a lot of sense. sense. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I think it, I think maybe calling Boston racist. I think it was. Too. I think it, well, he's not the first. Ah. Uh, I think Kendrick Perkins was the one that pointed that out originally, and of course, Kendrick Perkins, my guy, Kendrick Perkins. Don't step on Lucky. He says, and it's the same ankle that he used to step on Lucky. It's not. <laughs> you go back and look; it's the wrong. It's the, yeah, it's the other foot. It was a left foot for <laughs> whatever it was. It was yeah. not the same foot he used to step on Lucky, but still. Could be. Who knows? What I don't understand about this is uh, they step on Lucky all the time. Like, they play basketball on top of Lucky. Yeah, but that is different, bro. You know, you just walk up and step on it. Yeah, you know, like when T.O. went to the star in Dallas. Like, that shit's different. That's why they do it. Or when Baker Mayfield did that thing. Or uh, he planted the flag. Planting the flag makes more sense. T.O. literally went up and stomp on a logo. T.O. went up and, like, danced on it. That's Kyrie what, just went like, eh. Yeah, but he did it on purpose. I know. I know. But What it was, about when Bryce Harper wiped off the A behind the plate? Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Douchebag yeah, yeah. move. Yeah, but you don't step on those naturally. You know what I mean? I don't know, dude. I didn't think there was a lot of uh, – I don't, I don't think the ankle is because of Lucky. I think it – you know, if anything, it's because he, he – uh, bad karma with the, the whole racist comment. There's there. enough science there to at least consider it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Say. I'm with you. I'm with you. All right, you ready to take a break? Then we'll come back and talk a little U.S. Open golf yes. uh, this weekend, plus the Bravos. The Braves, the, damn the Braves, man. Damn the Braves. They're a bad baseball team. 30 and 33. We'll talk about them on the other side. Stay with us. The Hot Grits Podcast is sponsored by Bewley Oaks Home Improvement. Bewley Oaks Home Improvement in Savannah. B-E-A-U-L-I-E-U. Call Tony today for any kind of home improvement work you might need, whether it's inside the house or outside the house, whether it's in the kitchen, the bathrooms, the floors, the roofs, anything you may need. Tony has got you. 912-667-5235. That's 912-667-5235. You'll ask for Tony, tell him what you need done, and tell him the Hot Grits podcast sent you. All right, here we go. Back on the second half, episode 71 of the Hot Grits podcast. Uh, we'll start with the Braves, Spencer. 30 and 33 as we record this Tuesday afternoon, June 15th. They are preparing for two games with the Red Sox. Then in come the Cardinals. The Red Sox are 40 and 27. Coming into Atlanta, the Braves 30 and 33 and five and a half games back in the National League East. Uh, I, I don't. 
Hopefully those five and a half games feel like five million, don't they? Yeah, I don't know what else to say about this team besides the fact that they will forever be under five hundred. Yeah, they get to the five hundred mark and then <sighs> catastrophic back to back walk off losses to the Phillies. When's the last time you saw a team lose back to back games as walk off in that manner? Yeah, it's been a while yeah. in that manner because one of them was a one run lead. Sure. Yeah, sure, that's fine. And the other one was extra innings, so you get the guy on second. That changes things a little bit. But you're up three to one. Yeah. You lose the game four three. You don't record an out. Yeah. In the ninth. Our guy Luke Jackson, who we included on the good karma, talk bad about them. Correct. Goes out the next day and gives up a walk off. So that's rough. So now you're starting to the numbers are starting to creep into the head, right? So yeah. if you have thirty wins right now and you've played how many games? 63. 63 games. So you basically have you have 99 games left, right? Uh, sounds right. Quick play, math. You play 162. Yeah. You've played 63. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You, you have 99 it. games left. What will it take to win the East? How many wins? You would think at the bare minimum, 90. 88 to 90? Right? Uh, I think you're going to have to win more than 90 games to win the NL East, bro. So, at the, so at the very, you're going to have to play somewhere around. You're going to have to play somewhere around 60. You're yeah. going to have to win 60 of the next 99, yep. basically. It so ain't happening, bro. 60 and 39 yeah. is what you're looking at, is what, what it would take. Those got to start to happen. Yeah. Now, like 10 game stretches now. 60, 60 and 36. Okay, but I, yeah, no, but I see what you're saying. The point is, that, like, you got to start stringing together seven and threes over ten game stretches. That has to start happening. Yeah, no longer can it be six and four, and they're not even Wait. doing six and four, right? They're not even doing six and four. Yeah, dude. They, I mean, I've never seen a team like that, that just underperforms like this on both sides of the, you know, on both yeah. sides, dude. Pitching underperforming, hitting underperforming, the Azuna stuff, which we haven't heard a peep. About that, have we? Have you heard anything about that? No, nor nor where, where has Pablo Sandoval gone? Yeah, In, into the clubhouse to eat Cheetos. <laughs> I think and you create were, a bad environment. By the way, I think I corrected you on your math, and I was completely wrong. I'm pretty sure you had it right the first time. It was that's why I moved right yeah, on. That's why yeah, I moved yeah, past yeah. It. It's all good. It's all good. I don't, dude. I don't know what to say about the Braves. Uh, if, I mean, if they whimper out like this, if it goes like this the whole year, I do think Brian Snicker has to have some responsibility. I think he's the kind of guy that might would step aside himself. Yeah. If he thinks that he... Because remember what we talked about a few episodes ago. This isn't the kind of team Brian Snitker would normally field, right? Right. This, this isn't one of those teams where it's like, oh, the, the, the players have taken on the um, personality of their manager. No, it's the it exact one, opposite. It ain't yeah, one yeah, of those. Yeah. He, he's just tolerating it. Too. Right. And, but, and I don't know what that means or how significant that is, but it's a fact that's true. Is there a move the Braves can make? Like, if, I, if they were to add an ace, like a, a legitimate top 10 pitcher in the league, do you think that, like, puts them over the top? Do you think that puts them back in the hunt? I think if you're the Braves, you would hope that someone, like even the Cardinals who are coming in this weekend, they're 33 and 33. If they fall out of contention, Adam Wainwright's on a one-year deal. He's a Georgia native. That would be a boost yeah. to, to the Atlanta Braves for sure. But no, I don't think that, like... I think the team they currently field is good enough. Right. If they played 
the way they were supposed to play. Freddie Freeman still isn't really, you know, what we're hoping for. Do you here. know what season comes to mind uh, when I think about this Braves team? Is you remember the year they brought in Mark Teixeira? They weren't like, yeah, a great team. Brutal trade. Yeah, it was. It, but that year, it seemed like it that trade worked out for them a lot. You know what I mean? Like they were, they were trying to win with Chipper. Like it's the back end of Chipper's career. Trying to get some help for him. That was on the trade deadline too. I think yeah. they ended up getting Michael Bourne as well. Yeah. So, so they bring in they bring in a guy like Mark Teixeira. That would feel desperate though, right? If you bring in a bat like that, doesn't that that scream? What do you put? Move? Like who are we, who who needs replacing? Is what you have to ask yourself. And I mean, maybe one of the off, outfield. The, you got to replace Azuna. Well, right? the bullpen's got to be better. Yeah. It's the bullpen. Yeah. But, but doesn't every team in the bigs need a bullpen? Yeah. Like need bullpen help. I don't know. Is right? there, Freeman is heating up, though. I wanted to tell you this number. He's seven for his last 18 and eh, sample size. Yeah. But overall, Spencer, for the year, fifth in the National League in hard hit rate. So there's a little fifth. bit of variance in there. He's fifth. Yeah. That's a significant number. Yeah. I think I remember looking at his batting average on base, like baseball. Balls and play. Balls and play. There we go. Damn. Ooh, baseball guy. You're close to being baseball. Yeah, guy. very close, dude. Spin rate. <laughs> Launch angle. Dude. I think that's really low. In I was saying this before the the podcast. It's almost like you just want to look at the home runs, dude, because that's the lowest variance number. If the ball goes over the fence, it can't be caught. If you're hitting hard hit balls in the field, they can be caught. Like so, the singles number can vary wildly, but the home run number that's what you want to look at. Dansby Swanson hitting a lot of home runs, low batting average. I mean, just in general, you yeah. know what I mean. So that that's going around throughout the game. That's one of the big arguments. Yeah, right now is that is. There's too many. Did you know that uh, there had only been one month before this year in the history of baseball where there were more strikeouts than hits? And no. now uh, every month this season, that, that's been the case? Really? Think about that. That's crazy. In the history of baseball. That's that's telling. I don't that's know that that's what baseball wants. Wasn't there? Wasn't it like uh, Matt Olson or somebody like that that hit more home runs than singles like in a recent year? Something crazy like that? Sound, I mean, yeah, it could be true. Guys like Mark Reynolds, <laughs> yeah. Joey Gallo. Like I, don't, like that. I don't know that that's good for baseball, but whatever. No, it's not. Um, let me tell the folks about John Carr Real Estate. Tell them. John Carr Real Estate in Savannah is our guy. He's buying and selling realty in the Savannah area. Call him today, 912-228-0916. It doesn't matter if you need help buying or if you need help selling or if you just want to learn more about the local Savannah real estate market. John Carter is your guy. He'll get you a discount on your listing fees if you tell him the Hot Grits podcast sent you. John Carr Realty in Savannah. JohnCarrRealty.com and on Facebook, John Carr Real Estate. 912-228-0916. 912-228-0916 for our guy, Johnny Carr. You'll vouch for John, right? I will. I will. This Putting street. up numbies, dude. Putting up numbies? Yeah. You know who's doing that? Who's that? The Savannah Bananas. They are. These dudes are kicking everyone's ass, and it's not even close. Spencer's, eleven and zero, baby. They're eleven and zero. They've had one. That gets you into the college football playoff. Yeah, they, yeah undoubtedly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. undoubtedly. Yeah. It also gets Tyler Gillum's mustache to just ash. I mean, it's gross right now. It, yeah. It looks disgusting. It looks terrible, and I love it. I love it. That means they're eleven and zero, and they're kicking the shit out of everyone in this in the Coastal Plain League. Yeah. The only thing they can do to upgrade the roster is to bring my guy Wally Joyner on. When uh, they were nine and zero, Spencer. They, <laughs> <laughs> when they were nine and zero, they had played obviously eighty-one innings. Yeah, math guy. Um, they had eighty-three hits. 
83, Impressive. 83 hits through their first 81 innings. Impressive. I mean, it's it was incredible. Nine like nine point three runs per game in the what? coastal plain league. Yeah. And I've already started hearing people say stuff like this. Like, oh, that, they're not playing anybody. That league that league is that league is not competitive. It, what do you want these guys to do? Like you ask them to win, all they do is kick the shit out of everyone. Now yeah. it's the league's fault. Now the league isn't good enough. Yeah, now they're playing guy. Nobody, like it's almost like you can't. They're not going to be able to win. Go out and watch them one time. Or, yeah, or like it's a legitimate badass baseball team. Yeah, and and the reason why all these great players want to come here is because if you're given the choice between living your summers in Macon or living in Savannah, duh. Yeah, no brainer, Savannah. What about like uh, High Point, North Carolina? Probably Savannah over. Seems High like Point. a pretty fun way to work on your game too. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. So I would do it. I mean, all they do is win, and it seems like that's still not good enough. Um, all right, Spencer, ready to move on to golf? I am, dude. I was at Congaree this past weekend. You didn't even know that until today. Did not. I was super sick the entire time. wasn't fun for me. Well, I mean, it was cool though. It was nice. Yeah, it was awesome that I got to go there. I wasn't feeling great though. What so, was it like? What was the drive up like, and, and what, um, what was the scenery like? The drive, I like. It was it was far, like it was forty a forty five minute drive, but it felt like an easier drive than going to Hilton Head or something. Like there's no traffic, anything like that. Like you can just zip on down. So they, it wasn't that bad don't of a drive turn, from Savannah. Don't you just turn off the highway, like right on to like this like dirt road, basically? Yeah, dude. I mean, it's in the sticks. It's in the sticks. That's crazy. Yeah, <laughs> it's something else. And then all of a sudden, you're in this like heaven for golf it's just nuts and like the the houses surrounding it we were walking up uh my girlfriend's like i wonder who lives there i was like there's zero chance that anyone lives in that house i don't know why that house is here it's like probably 100 feet from the 18th green it'd be like a but, no it's like one of the schoolhouses, right no it's like a cottage that is built specifically for players to come and stay at like it is very obvious Whoa. that all these houses around there are just like the top tour pros stay there whenever they come in that's it or like billionaires, you know what I mean? Do you like, think this place is capable of hosting like a President's Cup? Yeah, like an yeah, international. Yeah. I event? think they could have any. I think they could have a major there easy. Do you think that course is worthy? Because yeah, I was really looking forward to this course, and on TV, it was just eh. Well, dude, it didn't come across like that crazy. The 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 way the course was set up, it's it's kind of small for a golf tournament in my mind, just in terms of viewing it, like spectators. Yeah. Uh, but it also seemed like they didn't have a lot of run up to get prepared for this type of thing. So they didn't like, like the vendors were where they were supposed to be, but it wasn't like super packed. So it it would be tough to see a major crowd there. But I thought like in terms of the golf course, like what the players play, I think it could definitely have yeah. a major personally. I don't know. It ended up not producing much of a name, uh, but a lot of the tournament had Dustin Johnson up there, the world number one. Yeah. I mean, that would have gone a long way to have a name like that. Yeah, 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 um, All right. On to the U.S. Open this weekend at Torrey Pines, the third major of the golf calendar. Spencer, some interesting names atop the betting charts. I thought it was interesting that DJ is 16 to 1, and right next to him is Bryson DeChambeau, 18 to 1. Then right next to him is Brooks Kepka, 18 to 1. DeChambeau and Kepka are exactly 18 to 1. They're both... They're the only 18 to ones. I mean, that to me is funny as shit that even the betting odds had those two guys matched up right next to each other. They um, won't be paired in the opening round. Like it's, it's enough news that they came out and said, we're not going to pair them. You know what I mean? I thought that was, Oh, crazy. I didn't know that. Yeah. 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 Didn't know that. Yeah. 
So are the pairings that out? Was a, that was a headline. Uh, I, I don't know that the pairings are out, but I do know that they have said we're not pairing these guys together. That's good. Yeah. Um, last time Tory Pines hosted the U.S. Open was 08 with our guy Tiger winning over Rocco Mediate in the next day playoff, uh, which was a legendary performance. I thought... Uh, Rocco Mediate. Rocco Mediate. Oh. <laughs> he knew he was going to make that putt. Yeah. All-time aw shucks guy. Like oh, one yeah. of the, one of the best all shucks guys of all time. Uh, who are you, you? So we picked three, right? We're just, ahead just of picking three. But what were the uh, what were the the value bets for the, me? The guidelines were we had to pick one where it's like a triple digit guy. Okay, you want to start? Yeah, I mean right off rip, I'll I'll take my my triple digit guy already because I don't want you to steal mine. Okay, Is that cool. Uh, Sergio Garcia at one hundred and ten to one. Rest, assur- rest assured, I was never going to steal. Sergio. I know you don't like Sergio, but whatever. I'm going Sergio Garcia at 110 to one. Who's your first pick? All right, my triple digits. Yeah, Brian Harmon, 100 to one. Ah, uh, I've got him at 130 to one. Whoa. Whoa, really? Yeah. So I think that might be a. I think that might be a value bet then. Huh? Savannah guy, no big deal. Uh, Brian Harmon, 100 to one. Put him on Team Trav. Guys like Bubba Watson lurking at 150 to one. Lee Westwood at 140 to one. Billy Orschel, 160 to one. That moved the needle for you. Who's your second pick? All right, my second pick. I said this. I, I I'll never be able to pronounce this guy's last name. Louis Oosthuizen. Oosthuizen. You even said it for me before the podcast. Correct. I like I like Louis Louis Oosthuizen. Uh, didn't he finish second in a major recently? Mm. Or he was in contention behind Phil. He was, yeah, he, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was a rap. Yeah, Phil be mighty Lou Ustazen. Yeah, 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 yeah. At plus five thousand, that's fifty to one. I like that. Who's your second? Huh, that's interesting. I got Victor Hovland twenty five to one. Okay, okay. And third pick for Team Trav. I've got him at twenty four to one for what? It's third for. pick for Team Trav, Xander Schauffele twenty to one. Wait, why'd you get to go third? I don't know. We went back and forth. I'm gonna go. Skip to you. Yeah, I saw that. You're not going to pick Xander anyways. I'm not going to pick Patrick Reed for sure. I'm going Justin. Did I already say Justin Rose? No, no, no. no, I said Louis. I'm going Justin Rose at 47 to 1. So Team Spencer is Rose, Louis, Sergio? Yeah, I went all long shots. So you didn't pick an American? No. That's interesting. Yeah, I'm anti-American. All all I picked was Americans. Mm. Take what you will from that. I don't know what else. I don't know what else. I also liked. Uh, dang, dude! I was gonna say the name of the boxer, and now the name of the boxer. Who's the guy from the Philippines that fought Floyd Mayweather? Manny Pacquiao. Manny Pacquiao. <laughs> Damn, I was I was blanking on that. Ever I heard of him. I was rooting for Manny Pacquiao over Floyd Mayweather all those years ago. So, wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, not that I'm anti-American or anything. It's just that a lot of times, sometimes Americans suck. Sometimes maybe good. Sometimes maybe shit. <laughs> All right, we're going to the non-sports category. Uh, we got a couple of good storylines to tell you guys about. But first, PrepSportsReport.com. The Prep Sports Report has been delivering local sports coverage for more than 20 years and continues to celebrate youth athletes in the coastal empire to this day. PSR has your daily updates on outstanding student athletes in our area every day, always free to read, and always subscription free. You don't have to sign up. You don't have to do anything. You go there, prepsportsreport.com, and read all about local Savannah news. Led by local legend Carl DeMossi, Prep Sports Report gives fans and parents what they want without any of the extras. Find them on Facebook, Twitter, at PrepSAV, and on Instagram. You gotta love it, Prep Sports Report. 
Um, Spencer, in the other category this week. <laughs> yeah, hold on. Let me frame this one, dude. Let me frame this one. Do you think in your job, uh, so you're, you're in journalism, do you think if you were on a Zoom meeting and you thought the camera was off, right? You start beating it, dude. The camera's not off. Let's put yourself in Jeffrey Tubin's shoes. Do you think there's any chance that you could go away for eight months and then come back and be hired? No. Okay. So Jeff, City Boy's up, right? Jeffrey Tubin. This is a big dub for Jeffrey Tubin, right? Really, and I'll let you frame it. It really was. Yeah. Jeff Tubin is the legal anal- analyst for CNN and former New York New Yorker magazine um, colleague. And <laughs> Tubin uh, exposed himself. He was basically jerking <laughs> off on a Zoom meeting. You may Accidentally. Remember, you may remember this uh, from when we talked about it a few episodes back, a while back now, eight months ago, if you will. Uh, he was brought on to CNN Newsroom now that he's back with CNN uh, to talk about legal news. But first, um, Allison Camarota of CNN Newsroom asked him or said to him to start the interview, quote, I feel like we should address what's happened in the months since we've seen you. To quote Jay Leno, <laughs> to quote Jay Leno, what the hell were you thinking? End quote. What the shit, dude? What was I thinking? Tubin described himself as a, quote, flawed human being who makes mistakes and said that his conduct was, quote, deeply moronic and indefensible. He went on to add, quote, I didn't think other people could see me, but he admitted that was no defense. It is a defense, dude. Duh. I mean, duh, you didn't think anyone could see you. Yeah, it is a defense. No one would ever do that. It's <laughs> like on purpose. Yeah, yeah I no, mean. One, no one would ever do that. And what was he thinking? He was thinking, man, MilfHunters.com has really got that juice today. Like, he, he was thinking about beating his dick. Dude, come on. Why are we asking this guy on national TV what you were thinking when you were jerking off, dude? Come on. Tubin said, fair. Tubin said he has spent his, quote, miserable months off air, quote, trying to be a better person, end quote. He went on to say he was working in a soup kitchen. Did you see that part? Because he was masturbating? Yeah. This they got this guy so down bad. Like, I make, don't know if I want Jeff Tubin serving me soup. Okay, dude, if you were to do this, if it came out that you did this kind of behavior, why do you to have your, to keep making me part of the? No, 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 not not you. I'm, I'm, in you, general, you. you in general, you. Yeah. Okay. So if you were to do this to your child, if you were to shame your child for masturbating at 15 years old or something like that, and it came out, you would be a like shamed for being a terrible parent. Right, so why are we not shaming CNN for being terrible coworkers? You're pro tubing here. Yeah, pretty like firmly, no pun intended. <laughs> okay, dude. well I'm not pro tubing. I just want to go on the record saying that. I am pro tubing. He didn't do anything wrong, dude. Well, he did not do anything morally wrong. He, he just whipped his dick out on just, a Zoom call. It was, a, it was an accident, dude. It's it is extremely defensible. All my guy was doing was trying to just catch one in between meetings, and it just happened to backfire miraculously something to be said about patience yeah maybe just wait it out yeah i mean but oh good god dude come on he was in his own home for christ's sakes you had a story Emma. for me um about a runner yeah using pull- using performance enhancing drugs i believe yes so a runner i mean who cares about the actual runner right her name is shelby pulling it up now okay pulling it up now no it's good shelby radio. shelby Hulahan banned four years four years 
for testing positive for steroids. Most guys in the MLB get 80 games, but Shelby Houlihan. This is banned by who? She's she's a professional runner, college yeah, runner? Yeah, 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 professional runner. So she's banned from U.S. Olympic track and field. You know, she's Got banned it. from the Olympics. Got it. So, so one Olympic cycle, basically. Okay. Uh, she's confirmed that it's some substance. I'm not science guy. But she says, I got it from eating a burrito. So it comes out, It like, this can happen. This particular substance, this particular banned substance is really... In burritos. It's really uh, in pork. So it's, like, highly concentrated in pork. And... What? Yes. It's highly concentrated in pork. You can, if you eat pork, like, literally 10 hours before you take a test, it can show up. Apparently, the Olympic Committee knew that. She reached out to them. She said, this is what happened. Can we get a follow-up test? Nothing happened. So now she's banned for four years. There's there's no appeal. It's... Uh, there's almost certainly going to be more okay, that okay. comes out about this. But it's because it's Shelly Houlihan, Shelby Houlihan, and not Michael Phelps or something like that. You know what I mean? Her name so, needed to be Houlihan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So In order for this story she, to she got screwed. She took steroids by eating a burrito. I mean, it's it's gonna be. I would think it's gonna be a mammoth story. What happens with this? Maybe not. Maybe it's just flash in the pan. Maybe they just remove the man. But it does say something that like maybe we should uh, reconsider just casting blame anytime somebody tests positive for a substance. You know what I mean? Yeah, because maybe it's the burrito. Maybe it's the burrito, dude. I'll keep that in mind. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Always remember, innocent until burrito. <laughs> um, Spencer, a little local news before we head off. Hit me with it. Um. Savannah Chatham County public school system is in the process of completing their stadium football stadium over at Savannah high school. Uh, we have a story up on prepsportsreport.com now that explains, um, when, when the stadium will be finished, what it'll look like, how big it'll be, et cetera, et cetera. But I, I thought there were some numbers that stood out to me. $5.2 million to build this stadium at Savannah high, uh, capacity around 2000. Um, the lighting, at this stadium, five hundred forty-four thousand five hundred and sixty-five. Sheesh, that th- those are big numbers. Yeah, and this is on the heels of Islands Football Stadium being built uh, and opened last year. Chatham County building the new Memorial Stadium in twenty eighteen. So right now, their stadium is being built all over the place. Yeah, Jen- Jenkins High School was recently torn down, and and that's. They're going to have brand new buildings. Yeah. I don't know what to compare. Groves High School is going through a huge, huge, uh, basically a rebuilding of the entire high school. So, so what's, what's your takeaways from this? That there's money, that there's money in the system. And, yeah. that, and that at least there's that, that, that we can tell from that. They're not giving any of it to the coaches or the players. Yeah. Um, uh, but it's going toward facilities. A lot of people are upset that they build these stadiums that are less than 5,000. In order to host a GHSA state playoff game, you have to have a minimum capacity of 5,000. Really? And so they're building stadiums that will never be allowed to host a state playoff game. So a lot of people are upset about that. But here's the thing. If that's not on them. The GHSA needs to lower that number. Yeah. That no, you, that seems like a really big number. You just don't much. need to have 5,000 people for a first-round state playoff game. Okay? Th- that's unnecessary so right now if the state playoffs were being held in savannah you could play it at memorial stadium or you could play it at savannah state what's, so what's the cap for memorial stadium i was just about five thousand really dude it's at the mark i don't i don't know what to compare it to because i don't go to a lot of high school stadiums but that stadium looks primo whenever i covered uh whenever i covered yeah. a game it looks awesome 
Memorial Stadium? Yeah. Yeah, it's a nice – I mean, it's a great field. It's a nice field. Yeah. The difference – Compared to what it used to look like, especially. Yeah, logistically, some of the differences between this stadium and the other – the Island Stadium and Memorial Stadium is that this will have a locker room on each side. Not to get too in-depth on this. Locker room on each side instead of one building with both locker rooms and encapsulated in it. So, I, th- I always thought that was cool. I never want to be next to the other team. Yeah. I'd rather be, like, as far away as possible from them and the locker room. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it just invites like incidents, right? Like, yeah, guys fighting sure. and stuff. Um, other numbers from high school. I, I thought this was interesting, Spencer. And Hit me with it. We talked about Country Day and Country Day football um, a few episodes ago, and in that athletics department. Do you think it's a problem if the entire athletics budget from 2019 was 411,000, whereas the salary for the head of school? For that same year was four hundred and fourteen thousand. Do you think that that's a problem if the uh, head of school or headmaster is making more than the entire athletics budget? Uh yeah, probably. probably. That's that's a big number, but I don't know how what Country Day's revenue looks like just total millions. But yeah, yeah, yeah. that that seems in twenty nineteen it was it, or the last cycle yeah in twenty nineteen which I I think it ends in June the fiscal yeah. So I also don't know what like a, a relative athletics budget looks like. Is that more than Savannah Christian? Is that more than? I don't know about the athletics budgets, but I know the head of school at Savannah Christian for that same year um, made one hundred and ninety-two thousand in salary, as, right. a, as opposed to four four fourteen. Those are such big numbers. Dude. Yes, they are, my friend, and They're that making... tells you the difference between private schools and public schools. Yeah here in savannah therein lies the difference that's all yeah. that's all you need to know about that does a public school have a headmaster no no so they it's just principal, principal. Yeah. yeah yeah and that principal is not making a hundred thousand dollars a year no almost certainly eh. maybe maybe like right around it yeah yeah i think right around it i mean um the head the director of athletics at savannah chatham county public school system is making more than a hundred thousand dollars right for for all the athletic teams combined okay um, all right, episode 72 next week. We'll be back, Spencer, probably Braves, probably Hawks, and probably breaking down U.S. Open. Uh, I think we have an interview lined up next week. I don't want to give it away yet because I don't know if it's confirmed, but we'll probably have interview for 72. How do they find you? Spencer? Follow me on Twitter at Spencer Maddox underscore. Please, please don't forget the underscore. How do they follow you, Trev? Uh, at Jadon Sports on Twitter, The Hot Grits on Instagram, at Podcast Grits on Twitter for the show. It's hotgritspod at gmail.com, hotgritspod at gmail.com. Make sure you click follow, subscribe, like, share with your friends, only your cool friends. And until then, until episode 72. We're going to have to do something. Podcast. We're going to have to do something new for the uh, the closing. Like once coronavirus is gone, you know what I mean? We're on, we're on the downswing for coronavirus. So we're going to have to come up with something new for these guys. But yeah. go ahead and close us out. Stay safe, wash your hands, filthy animals. Peace.